So, today is uh, <clears throat> the second to last in our series of Who We Are as a Church, and this title, of course, is Equipped. We are a people who are equipped. Well, my subtitle, which Pastor Wayne refused to put up there, was, Do You Have What You Need? Do you have what you need? Many years ago, when I first started serving God, we didn't have uh, very many contemporary songs, so we had a bunch of old choruses, and we used to sing this song, God's got an army marching through the land, deliverance is their song with healing in their hands, everlasting joy with gladness in their hearts, and in this army I've got a part. You and I have a part in God's army. Singing, let the oppressed go free. Let the oppressed go free. There's deliverance and power for you and me. Let the oppressed go free. That is the message of the gospel that Jesus, I got a thumbs up for my wife, (laughs) that Jesus came to set the oppressed free and he gave us or equipped us with the very same power that he had to set the oppressed to go free. How many know that sometimes you need to get delivered yourself? Can you say amen? Praise God. So with that, we are going to look into the Word of God. Peter's second letter. I love Peter's letters. I like the one where he says, you know, you can say what you want, but I saw with my own eyes Jesus glorified. I saw what he really looks like. And I don't care what you think and what you say, you cannot convince me otherwise. Praise God. Hopefully, you and I are totally convinced that Jesus is who he says he is, and he's coming back, and we are ready and waiting. But God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so, in the meantime, it's our job or our purpose in life to try and win others to Jesus. So let's read here. He says, Simon Peter, a bondservant. How many know that we are bondservants? The Bible says we've been bought with a price. Our purpose in life is to serve. And apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord. Let's pick this apart. I like to pick it apart and look at every single thing. He's a servant. It says, to those who have obtained like precious faith. In another version, it says, those who have received. How many have received that like precious faith? Praise God. How did we receive it? We asked. Just simple. I remember the day I got saved, uh, Thanksgiving Day, 1981. I asked the folks, I said, what do you mean you're saved? How do you get saved? They said, oh, just say a simple prayer. Ask Jesus to come into your life to be the Lord of your life. That's it. I was expecting like a Damascus Road experience like Paul the Apostle had. Your bright light shone around me, knocked me to the ground, and... Whoa, I was totally convinced. And I saw the glory of the Lord. And it wasn't like that at all. It just said a simple prayer. asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life. And it totally changed me. And God's not done with me yet. Hallelujah. 
How did we get it? First of all, let's look at this like precious faith. How many know Peter the Apostle walked the earth around 2,000 years ago? All the apostles, the disciples, the early, the ones, they, the 12, they were at the Last Supper with Jesus. The same faith that they have, we have. You say amen? Isn't that awesome? The same exact faith. It's uh, Another version says, we have attained a faith of equal standing. The Message Bible says it this way. It says, this letter is written to you whose experience with God is as life-changing as ours. How many of you, when you received Jesus, your life was changed? It may not be totally imperfect yet, but it started. You went and turned and you got on the path and you started in a different direction. And you say amen. <clears throat> Praise God. So we have experienced a life-changing event. Like I said, mine was not spectacular but it did change me. Hallelujah. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 15, Paul writes and he says, you know, he's talking about the Judaizers, people that said, oh no, you can't be saved unless you get circumcised. Said, oh, wait a minute. That negates what Jesus did. And so Paul writes back and he says, you know what? Circumcision doesn't matter. Uncircumcision doesn't matter. The only thing that really matters is a new creation or changed life. We know that in the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 17, <clears throat> there's a good memory verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, say with me, if I am in Christ, I am a new creation. Totally changed. God doesn't see you the way you used to be. Hallelujah. So this like precious faith, the Amplified Bible translates it or transliterates it as equal privilege. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Our relationship with God is a privilege that you just don't happen to get. You have to decide, I need a Savior. That's, I knew I needed a Savior, that's for sure. <laughs> On that day, I said, I need to get saved. How do you get saved? A equal privilege to have a relationship with God. The New American Bible translated equal value. And the NIV says it's faith with us, like precious faith, faith as precious as ours. And how did we get it? It not only was our choice and decision, but it was God's decision in the first place. Before we were even born, while we were yet enemies of God, Jesus died for us. Hallelujah. The Message Bible says it was through the intervention of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Intervention. Anybody ever seen that TV show on intervention? You know, this person. <laughs> Only one of you seen it? Oh, two of you seen it. This this family member, this person we know, they're all messed up and they need help. So we're going to stage an intervention. We're going to get the psychologists. We're going to get the cops involved. We're going to get everybody come in and confront this person and tell them, you need to get your life in order. You need change in your life. 
And what happens is usually the person says, no, I don't. And they're in denial. And because they're in denial, somebody has to bust in and then say, you know what? You need help. Most people that need help don't think they need help. I don't know about you, but I need God's help. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that God is a very present help in time of trouble. And like I was praying in the prayer room this morning, it seems like it's always a time of trouble. If it ain't one thing, it's another. Praise God. Can you say amen? So God intervened when we were yet without strength. In due season, God sent His only Son. Jesus came to the earth, become a human being like us, to go through everything everybody will ever go through and come out victorious. Hallelujah. The Rames New Testament says it's the justice of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Sin is the problem. Can you say amen? Jesus is the solution. God just couldn't wink about sin. God just couldn't say, because God's holy. Can you say amen? And, he, and sin can't be in His presence. So, it's the justice of God. Somebody has to pay. And I'll never forget reading that verse. The wages of sin is death. And I forgot about the other half, which says, but, or however, the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In almost two years, I walked around thinking, oh my goodness, the wages of sin is death. Why doesn't God just kill me? Because I know I deserve it. But the gift of God has to be received. Hallelujah. And it's the righteousness of God that paid the price. And know that it says, that it's God and Jesus our Lord, the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And let's go on to verse 2 here. He says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. I like this word multiplied. How many would like your finances to be multiplied? (laughs) I would. Everyone should know about the so-called miracle of compound interest, where you put your money and you vest it, and it earns some interest, and then that gets added to what you got there, and then the whole thing earns interest. And over time, theoretically, it grows and grows exponentially, and more and more, and next thing you know, theoretically, you have a lot of money. The first rule of investing is never invest in something you don't understand. How many know that You've heard the saying, if it sounds too good to be true, then it can't be true. But that exact opposite is the gospel, the good news. It sounds too good to be true that God is willing to forgive us again and again and again and again and again. It's too good to be true. God says to Moses as they come out of Egypt, and the people complain ten times. They saw God's miracles. Ten miracles. And then ten times they're out there and they're complaining. Oh, we should have died in, the, in the Egypt. Why did God bring us out here to die? We had all leeks and garlic and onions. and That stuff gives you bad breath and it gives you body odor. Why would you want to go back to that? <laughs> we had fish. Fish stink. They're out in the desert. Why would you want fish in the desert? So God says, Moses. I've had enough. Get out of the way. I'm going to kill them all. And I'll start over with you. And instead of Moses saying, yeah, I like that. I think, I think, I think that's a great idea. 
I'll be like Abraham, you know, the father of faith. And a great nation will come out of me. Moses says, God, don't do that. The Egyptians were here that you brought them out with a mighty hand and a miracle just to kill them? Oh, God, that's not how you do things. God says, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, okay, I'll give them a chance. <laughs> that's the Cobalt translation, you know. <laughs> but that's what God did. That's what God does for us. We deserved death. And God says, okay, I'll give you a chance and another chance. And chance after chance after chance, hallelujah, multiplied. Glory to God, multiplied. I remember being in grade school and learning math and addition. You know, I only got 10 fingers and 10 toes. That only adds up to 20. But then we decided we got the multiplication table, and you just follow the numbers here and there. And Whoa! Multiplies it. It saves so much time instead of trying to add all these numbers. Just multiply. And it grows quickly. Grace and peace. God's favor. Strong's Exhaustive Concordance and Dictionary. God's favor or grace is the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in your life. God's divine influence upon our heart because our hearts, apart from God and without Jesus, the Bible says the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jesus didn't... uh, give himself over to everybody when he walked the earth because he knew what was in men's hearts. The problem, as I said earlier, is sin. But the favor of God, the divine influence on the heart and its reflection in the life, people should be able to look at you and I and say, you know what? There's something different about you. And it's Jesus and it's the God who lives within us. Romans chapter 1, verse 7, Paul writes, to the church in Rome, and he says, to all who are in Rome, and Rome represents a very worldly atmosphere, beloved of God. We're beloved of God. And he says, this is for everyone who believes in Jesus, called to be saints. Say it with me. I am called to be a saint. Praise God. And what did he say? To all who are there called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God. Most of Paul's letters, he begins with that grace and peace. The grace of God gives us peace with God. And peace, according to uh, Matthew Henry's commentary, is the kind of peace that God gives is perfect well-being, all necessary good, and all spiritual prosperity. I believe that our spirits need to prosper more and more, that it multiplies and keeps growing. Hallelujah. And then the Webster's Dictionary says, peace is freedom from fears, agitating passions, and moral conflicts. Praise God. There's a new song I've heard on the radio. can't remember the name of it, but it's a love worth fighting for. And there's a phrase in there. One of the uh, verses says, every choice is an act of war. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of true. Because sometimes we make instantaneous choices, and it's the wrong choice sometimes. But other times, when you can make a deliberate choice and say, you know what? I know that that's not the right thing to do. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this. I know that's not the right thing to think. 
So, oh, God, help me get these thoughts out of my mind. And I choose, and your choice is an act of war because we have an enemy. Can you say amen? We have an enemy. And he hasn't laid down and died and rolled over and gone belly up. He's active. But the Spirit of God, the Word of God, is active and living and powerful, though sharper than any two-edged sword. Hallelujah. Freedom from fears, agitating passions, and moral conflicts. Peace be multiplied to you. In Jude chapter 3, or verse 3, uh, the writer of Jude <clears throat> says these things. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, that same like precious faith, our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the like precious faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. This phrase, contend earnestly. How many know that uh, uh, the guys that fight in the ring, they're contending. This phrase actually is talking about um, the uh, Olympian athletes who strive and train and focus on doing what they're trying to do so that they can be victorious. And Jude writes to us that that's supposed to be our mindset. We're supposed to be careful in our behavior and our speech and our thoughts. And it's the faith that was once delivered is the doctrine. Main thing is Jesus is God, come in the flesh, died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, rose again from the dead, according to the Scriptures, is now ascended to heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, and He has sent His Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And God wants that to be multiplied. And it says here, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and our Savior. This word in is a very important part of this sentence because it indicates the same thing I said earlier, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, they are new creation. The Amplified Bible says to you, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God. How many know there's lots of ideas out there of what God is like and what Jesus is like? And people have all kinds of strange doctrines of who Jesus is and <clears throat> what God's like. The Message Bible says that uh, this is... Uh, we deepen in our experience with God. No one can argue your experience. You, they can say, well, that was just you becoming mature and growing up and, and uh, this, that, or the other thing. But when Jesus has touched your life and you know that it was God who changed you, no one can take that away from you and say, no, that's not what happened because you were there and you know what happened. I know what happened Thanksgiving Day 1981. And I said a little prayer, and God touched my life. <clears throat> Such knowledge, knowing God, is not obtained by mere intellectual activity, but by the operation of the Holy Spirit as a consequence of accepting Christ. Before I got saved, I would read the Bible, and I thought I knew what it meant. But after I got saved, God showed me that uh, 
I had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> Praise God. Numbers chapter 14, verse 21 says, All the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Isaiah 11, verse 9 says, The earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14 says, The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The glory of the Lord is that Jesus rose from the dead, defeated the enemy, and is seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. This knowledge or knowing God indicates a relationship based on the value or importance of both parties, and it suggests approval. It's mainly God approves us. Every time I go to the store and I put my debit card in the machine, it says approved. And I always make a big deal and joke out of it. Oh, whoa, I'm approved. It does wonders for my self-esteem. And the cashier looks at me like I'm nuts. <laughs> God has approved us. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Smith Wigglesworth's famous phrase was, only believe. Only believe. Do you believe God approves you? Hallelujah. Only believe. Glory to God. Let's go to the next slide. The knowledge of God as His divine power has given. Present tense. It's already done. Past tense. Has given to us some of the stuff we need. No. All things that pertain to life and godliness. Here's our word again. Knowledge. Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. This is why the Bible was talking about the whole earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Jesus risen from the dead. Hallelujah. Knowing Him personally and virtue. This is His power. By which His power, His glory, His virtue, His salvation, these things have given us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these promises you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption of the world that is in the world through lust or evil desires lust just means a strong desire but in this sentence it's talking about evil desires and ungodly things but look at what it says here we are partakers of the divine nature People should be able to see Jesus through us. The whole purpose of life is to point souls to Jesus, is to express God's love through our lives. Only believe. Romans chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. Abraham did not waver or stumble or stagger at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, honor, glory to God. He believed God. God gave him a promise, and it sounded like it was impossible. And instead of saying, God, that'll never happen. Careful what you say. Careful what you say. That'll never happen. Oh, yeah, this, that, or the other thing. Be careful what you say, because in uh, uh, the Old Testament, in Numbers, uh, when the people complained, and uh, they said, oh, you know, we're going to die out here. And God says, okay, that's what you said. That's what you get. Careful what you say. Then you say amen. But Abraham 
gave glory to God, he was fully convinced and persuaded that God, that what he promised, he was also completely and fully able to perform. So it's the promises of God that through those promises, we become partakers of the divine nature. Hallelujah. To please God, He already gave us everything we need. It's up to us to get to know Him personally and intimately. And it's through prayer, reading the Word of God, coming to church, fellowshipping. As John chapter 17, verse 3 says, This is eternal life. That they may know, this is Jesus' prayer before He goes to the cross after the Last Supper. He's praying for believers. This is eternal life that they, or you and I, may know God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom God has sent. Praise God. Hallelujah. Everything that is pertaining to life and godliness, everything we need, has already been given to us. How do we know that? Because it says so right there. It's a promise of God. God cannot lie. So if God says it, we can believe it. He says He's called us. The knowledge, knowing God, who called us by glory and virtue. So this phrase here, Jameson, Frosted, and Brown's commentary says that He not only called us once, but He is calling us continually, day after day, moment by moment. Through his own glory and excellence, his own or through his own glory and goodness, glory and power, glory and virtue. These are God's divine attributes that has called us. God loves us. That's why he called us. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Here's an amazing scripture. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30. We are members of his body, of his flesh. And of his bones. I thought, well, that's a weird statement. We are members of his flesh and bones? How's that work? I don't know. But we are members of his body. His body is the worldwide church. His body is the local church. And then it's faith in the promises and the promise giver that as we, as it says here, We've been given great and precious promises. We are partakers of the divine nature. In John, First uh, John chapter three verse two, says, "When we see him, we shall be like him." When we see Jesus with our very own eyes, we're going to be like him. In the meantime, he's molding and shaping us. Can you say Amen? Like I said, thank God he's not done with us. That's Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son has been given. And the government or the kingdom will be on his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace or his kingdom there shall be no end. His divine nature, His holiness. God has imparted His holiness to us. When we received Jesus, God made us holy like He is. The same quality. Can you say amen? That's good news. 
Because in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, it says, How much more shall the blood of Christ cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? You got problems? Welcome to the club. Call on the blood of Jesus. Ask God for help. Hallelujah. We have escaped. Oops. Before we go there, oh no, we'll go there. Jesus said, when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. They stood at a crossroads, whether or not they're going to follow him or not. And Jesus came and spoke to them and said, All authority, not just some, but all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And here's a promise. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. The end is going to come. There used to be things galore and people making fun of uh, street preachers and have a guy with a long old beard and a, a robe down to his feet and a placard on both sides. The end is near. The end is near. And they would mock. Well, the end is coming. Every moment it's nearer and nearer. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7. The age is to come. God will show the great, the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. The whole purpose of man is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. This is the will of God, even your sanctification. Sanctification means to be set apart for service to God. I like what Oswald Chambers wrote in his book. Actually, he didn't write it. His wife was a stenographer. She wrote everything he said. Highest good was the name. He had several books. My utmost for his highest. And he had an even another one. And the highest good. And he writes, remember that a disciple is committed to much more than belief in Jesus. He or she is committed to the Lord's view of the world, of humanity, of God, and of sin. The problem in the world is sin. Plain and simple. But nowadays people... Oh, you can't say that it's sin anymore. That's old-fashioned and archaic. It's the truth. Can you say amen? And it's the truth that will set us free. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, You shall receive power, and the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses for me both in Jerusalem, Judea, the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus said that this promise is for you, for your children, to as many as are far off, as many as by the Lord our God. What is this spirit? Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity. Remember that song on the Christian radio station? Fear, he is a liar. And fear comes and tells you, you're not strong enough to put up a good fight. Personally, I don't like to fight. <laughs> I've only had one fight in my whole life that I really remember playing hockey, and one of my friends uh, did something, got me mad, he got mad, so we threw our gloves down, and he had a big nose. I hit him in the nose. <laughs> and he fell down, and, and uh, come back over, and I just grabbed him and threw him, and that was it. And then we were friends again. <laughs> but we are in a fight, can you say amen? 
Hallelujah. And the devil is a liar. You are strong enough to fight the good fight of faith. God has given us everything we need to fight the good fight of faith. He's given us the full armor of God. It's up to us to use it because He has given us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The love of God which passes all understanding. God's love towards us is poured out so that we can pour it out to other people. And you say amen. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, it says, We love God because He first loved us. When we were His enemies, He loved us. That's what's so awesome. When we fail, He still loves us. That's what's so awesome. And then we'll close with this scripture. It might be... There we go. <laughs> All right, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. He Himself... God Himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. How many know that we're not alone in this little church? We're not the only church that's serving God. Then you say amen. But God has given in this church, I don't know if we have any apostles here, but we may have some prophets. They haven't appeared yet. We have some evangelists, we have pastors and teachers, and the whole purpose of the whole thing is to equip and empower each and every individual person in this church to do something for God, no matter how insignificant. You are equipped. As soon as you receive Jesus as your Savior, you are equipped. You don't have to know a whole lot. All you have to know is, ask Jesus into my life, my life has changed. Yes, I have problems. Yes, I have struggles. But I know who I can turn to to ask for help. And God does help me. Amen. Praise God. For the equipping of the saints, this is the will of God, even your sanctification, to be set apart to serve God. God is good. Can you say amen? All the time and all the time, God is good. Well, I hope you have been edified this morning. Uh, that's all I have. <laughs> Praise God. But uh, we're going to close in prayer. And uh, let's stand to our feet.